Flamenco innovator Lole Montoya says, I would not be able to sing something I'm not feeling. Already at an early age, Lole Montoya decided that she wanted to dedicate her life to singing. Not only did she indeed become a singer, she also redefined the flamenco genre by bringing in new influences, genres and poetry. Her skill has been displayed across a long repertoire, which includes her work as a part of the renowned duo Lole Manuel, surely one of the most important musical duos in popular Spanish music. This year, Lole Montoya gives a rare performance at Leges Who Festival in Utrecht. The festival has asked me, Marina Gerlop, who's a Barcelona-based musician, singer and sound artist, to give a personal introduction to Lole Montoya's music, vision and in the end, to her life's work. information of an artist I admire and I cannot find much on the internet, I read it as a good sign. I suspect uh, there's most of times a connection between keeping it private or humble and being pure at what you do, as if true interest and devotion to your craft fell too big to coexist with an obsession with your own self or career. And that's the case of Lole Montoya. It's impressive how this woman changed the course of flamenco during the 70s and still she keeps it so natural and so discreet to these days. Gypsy blood runs through Lola's veins since she was born in Triana, the cradle of flamenco. Her family is so deeply rooted to flamenco that she doesn't even remember the moment in which she decided she wanted to dedicate her life to singing. She says it was as natural as learning how to walk. Her also well-known mother, Antonia La Negra, was born in Argelia and grew up surrounded by Arabic music, a very strong influence that conveyed to Lole in the same strong way and that we can find in all her music. By the time she became an adult, uh, Montoya had already shared the stage with flamenco legends like Camarón de la Isla. Lole y Manuel, the duos she made together with the acclaimed guitarist Manuel Molina in the early 70s, felt like a bloom in the just-finished Spanish dictatorship and changed the whole Andalusian music scene. With their acclaimed debut Nuevo Día in 1975, they started a golden chapter in the Spanish music scene that spread it around all continents and consecrated themselves as the precursors of the new flamenco. During childhood and adolescence, Lola and Manuel had received a variety of influences related to their specific familiar circumstance in current time. Classical music, Arabic melodies, ethnic rhythms or rock. They deliberately allowed those influences to penetrate the core of flamenco and break the purest molds. They injected poetry, light and color into them. We were never rockers or hippies, but we shared those years with them, and we were open to their culture and music, claimed Montoya for a Spanish media some years ago. 
They dare to do so with no doubt or fear to the critics by flamenco orthodox, who would sometimes consider them as heretic or say they were making wrong flamenco. They didn't care because they were very aware that purity must admit evolutive transformation and they were making music from a very honest and devoted point of view. Lole Manuel knew very well what we were doing. People saw us on stage in a truthful way because we were very convinced of what we were doing, says Lole. She also says, by that time, flamenco talked about love, heartbreak, courtship, and all the imbroglio between those states. Then we came and started serenading the sun, the sparrow, the water and the butterfly. And turns out something as simple as nature, always in front of our noses but always ignored, became extraordinary because we had never given to it the singing that it deserved. They got to make lyrics less inextricable and approach Cante Flamenco to the general public which not many musicians of this genre have accomplished, and created a new path that Paco de Lucia, Camarón de la Isla, Tomatito, or Manolo Sanlúcar would find smoother thanks to them. But becoming the gypsy pharaoh didn't give way to selfishness or narcissism for Lole Montoya. Just the opposite. It only enhanced her modesty and connected her even more to the purity of her craft. She says, I've never enjoyed behaving as a diva, neither claiming who I am in the music of this country. I got offered a lot of money in exchange of personal information, but we sold records, not our lives. Lole says, it doesn't feel anything special for knowing she's a myth for so many people. For her, success consists on saying what you want to say and people knowing you for that. She says, I respect people that perform music for money, but I'm too picky. I would not be able to sing something if I'm not feeling it. She stresses the truth underneath their music, the meticulousness with which they made every song and the connection and warmth she's always felt towards a crowd. There's no creativity in making your own little kingdom of first me and then me. You lose the ability to dream, and that's anti-cultural, she says. These statements by Lole made me feel close to her. My own career as an artist is teaching me that we musicians live in a sort of paradox. Focusing too much on your career success inevitably distracts you from actually getting the time to experience and make music in a contemplative and profound way. But focusing too much on music distracts you from your own self and success. When you're down in the barrow, your success and popularity feel as something absurd. Well, just from what you've read, you can picture how authentic and honest Montoya's relationship to music is and how this strong passion leads her to not take her fame and wealth as first priority. In some interviews, she sows irritation about the music industry and institutions in Spain. She complains about the people who only care about money and want to recuperate expenses the moment they are generated. She says, I have no interest in working like that. I want to work with dreamers, people who make you see the youth of their vision, not take the money and run. Another illustrative example is that she didn't even know that the song Tumira was in Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill Volume 2 until she saw the movie at the cinema. Sadly, the music industry is often not capable of understanding what devotion to music consists on and taking care of it. Admirably, this hasn't damaged the bond that Lole Montoya has with the crowd. 
she sweetly describes an intimate relation to the listeners' performances. She says, despite the problems with the music industry, I have no problem with the crowd because I'm always eager to sing and they are always eager to listen to me. We never had to ask for silence in a concert. People were always quiet. The engagement the muse of the Andalusian underground house towards flamenco has proven to be enormous. Neither decades passing by, nor the loss of her partner in 2015, nor the tangles with music industry have finished off her eagerness. Majestously, she affirms that singing is still the thing that she enjoys the most. <laughs> 